Welcome to another episode of Battered Herons. These are going to be a lot more fun after wins. I am one third of your hosting party. I, well, actually, one half today, right? Ben isn't with us today, but I got my man Chris here. Chris, how you doing? Good, good, man. Good. I mean, I wish we were following up a win, but you know, it is what it is. I guess the soccer game is, uh, you know, hurtful. We're we're four episodes in, and I have we have we celebrated any wins yet? I don't. I, I don't know it's if it's been we, a rough go. Uh, on it's the, been a rough go. On the first episode, did we follow up uh, right after a win? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's yes, a good we did. Stat yes, yes. Out. Episode episode number one was Minnesota. Those two late goals. Yes, you're right. That's right. That's corrected. right. The comeback win. That's right. I stand corrected. Then we have the Dallas late tie, and then we had that heartbreaker with Lowe against Orlando. And now we're gonna get into today's. But before we get into that. How was we were at the game yesterday? Yeah, first yeah, time we get to go phenomenal. sit with the supporters group. How'd you like sitting with the supporters group? Vice City, by the I way, mean, shout th- out to them. Yeah, I mean, I think it was I think it was incredible to sit down with the with the supporters. I mean, we've gone there from time to time, but um, uh, we were there for the whole second half, especially having the vantage point of having them come towards us. Um, I, I think for anybody, I think it'd be a great experience, at least for a half, you know. Well, my wife and I have always wondered why so many people over there are just shirtless. Um, yeah. Now I, we know why. I, I mean, yeah. Well, now we know why. As soon as we got there, you, you felt it. It felt like it was a sauna. It was, I don't want to say smelly, but it smelled like a locker room is what it smelled like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, look, it's fair. It's fair to say that there was some BO in the air for sure. But it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope to make it out there again. Uh, our boy Wilson told us to come out there, told us to come out there again on Saturday. We'll see if we stop by, but definitely good experience. Uh, yeah. And look, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because it was a Wednesday game, so it wasn't as popping as it usually is. I'm assuming for like a big time game like Orlando, that that's the place to be. Yeah, for sure. I think I think sitting with the supporters in, in any week weekend game, I think would be phenomenal. I think sitting the sitting with them on Saturdays because they really do pack those stands on the weekend games. I mean, Wednesday it's pretty tough. Everybody has work and their sort of life, but um, especially for an Orlando game, that's got to be entertaining. Now, and you got to give it some. They are standing, singing, chanting all game long. I've been there. Yes. We're down five zero, and they're still going at it. So much love to Vice City. They keep that stadium rocking and. I mean, I wish it was after, uh, during a win, though, because unfortunately we lost, and I guess that's the best way to get into yesterday's game. Another disappointing loss, another late 80th-minute goal, yes, uh, and it's just a lack of offense, as we've come become accustomed to. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about this offense? Because it it seems like, to me, we have no options. It, I, we're, we're lacking offensive firepower. I think I think what's happening is is that we have um, some inexperience in the front line, and okay. uh, along with that experience, sure. yeah, and along with that inexperience comes, uh, I guess, best phrase, uh, hashtag super boneheaded plays. Um, you know, people yeah, that aren't that was, confident that was coined in coined by our boy Ben. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Got to give him a shout out for that. Um, and then you you can tell just generally speaking about the game, you can tell that once uh, once we had Indiana come in and and Iguain come in, you could tell that the the pace changed. 
sort of the the mood changed it felt a little bit more calmer it felt a little bit more tactical instead of just kind of like, like guns blazing kind of approach you know well i i think that uh, an issue that we have is that we really rely on campana a lot because we seem to have nobody else yeah. that can finish if campana's not on we're not on offensively he has i believe yeah. eight goals this yeah. season after him after yesterday why now has three and then nobody else has more than two. So we're definitely he- relying too heavily on Campana. And obviously, I mean, if you could somehow lock him down as a defense. And by the way, Philadelphia has only allowed 14 goals all season. So that wasn't just uh, uh, a, a, an easy defense to get through. Like, they they were – they were, and we got a lot of crosses off because that's our offense. But they were blocking a lot of crosses also. Well, and that's that image that you put up earlier showing that was was really it's a groundbreaking photo because I, 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 I have I haven't put it up yet. This one? Okay. Well, yeah, right there. I mean, look at that. The closest for, team. for those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, we, we just put up the, the goals against and the standings, the leaderboard, should I say. Uh Philadelphia by far leading the pack, only allowing 14 goals, next best is the New York Red Bulls, New York City FC, and LAFC, all 21 goals allowed. That's a solid defense that you got right there. That's not just solid, dude. That That is, that is, that is, I mean, they, they're, they're lights out. They're lights out. I mean, they're literally mm-hmm. seven, they're seven goals under the next closest defensive team. And that's, that's just something that, I think is unheard of. How many games have they played so far? You know, they've I mean, played, we're, we're at a point a, where they've played twenty games, like like most other teams. I mean, look at that. They've they've allowed less than a goal per game, and we got one goal on them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, that's that's to me that that shows uh, a great excellence on on the defensive part of. Of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a hell of a team. I mean, they they scored seven goals the last game. We I think we got really lucky in terms of keeping it competitive, uh, even though we scored the first say, goal on the. I mean, we're 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 a, we're a decent team in our own half, right? We, we, I mean, yeah. Let me tell you, something. we're no pushovers either. We're not in the in the bottom yeah. for goals allowed. Like our defense is 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 isn't the worst in the league. We're middle of the pack. And our midfield also isn't that bad. Our problem is that final third. We can't finish. Like that, that's our issue. And well, not for nothing. Like, if you want to get into the game, go, go ahead and then we'll get into the, the specifics of the game. Well, I mean, for 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 a team that's so great defensively, we did have a lot of opportunities. We had a lot of opportunities during the game to score. I mean, just and in I would the first love half. That. I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad you said that. Let, let's bring up your boy Emerson. So the, the one of the first chances we had was early in the first, right? It was about the 21st minute, right? Now, if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to play the clip. If you're not, just bear with us while we talk over this clip. So we had uh, the ball played in by Yedlin, right? Beautiful play. He, he fusses it over to, to who is that, Robert Taylor. And then Emerson, yes, he had a defender in his way. I granted, but you got to put that away. Yeah, and he just he just missed time that shot. I'm gonna replay it again because you got you got Yedlin. He's he's coming from the from the right hand side, and as mm-hmm. he's approaching with the ball, you know you got Taylor that's 
cutting across towards, I guess, the baseline. And mm-hmm. as he's receiving the ball, he sees that Emerson is is basically coming right under. He's open. So he's open, huh? He's, he leads him in. I think that the timing was just a little off when it came to the actual chopping of the of the of the shot. It was a golden opportunity, but he just he just fumbled oh, well, that one. And and you know what? I, I want to play uh before we keep going with the game, I'd like to jump to the press conference because Neville talked about Emerson in a second, and I'd like to just play that for you a second. To earn the right to play, we've been telling that to Emerson Rodriguez, who's been who's been really frustrated and frustrated and frustrated, and 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 I keep saying to him, you got to earn the right to play. Nobody's nobody's just going to come and hand you a silver platter on a plate and say, here you are. There's the keys to uh, the keys to the uh, the castle. You got to. Work. So, Emerson was given that opportunity. He was in the starting eleven. Now, and you know, did that you, sound you, like he's going to stay in the starting eleven? I don't. I don't think that sounds like he's going to stay. But it's funny if you listen to that clip again. He starts right. off by saying it's frustrating. He's frustrated. It's like if he wanted to say it's frustrating, like for the team, and then That's also, I, I mean, it's going, easy to right. say that he's frustrated. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, look. It, I, I also thought I heard the same thing. I thought he was about to say it's frustrating, and then he repeated, yeah. "He's frustrated. He's frustrated." I agree with you. I also thought he was going to go out and just say it's frustrating to watch him play. I think the inex the, the inexperience just shines shines through in this case with Emerson. But it's not only that where he feels like he's going to get the key the keys to the kingdom. Um, everybody knows that he has potential. Everybody everybody could see sort of the the. I guess the star quality in him as far as like an entertaining you, you player. You can't teach speed. You can't teach yeah. speed. And he has but, the most pitches that he's on, he's the fastest guy on the field. And and the most frustrating thing is to see the capability that he has, the gifts that he has, and sort of the 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 rush that he's in, not physically in the sense of rushing to run, but just rushing to make plays when there's not a play to be made at that time. Sometimes it takes a little bit taking back and just taking the back seat and kicking it over to somebody else to make a better play. All right, finding the easy pass. It's 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 frustrating when he tries to force things, and it feels like he he's constantly trying to force things. And and, and until he gets that going, Neville's kind of, he can't keep giving him chances. Yeah. It, once Lassiter comes in, Emerson is like it's not even a consideration anymore because Lassiter he plays with a high IQ. He finishes. Obviously, he and he's pretty fast. Him, but, he finished, but he takes great shots when they're given to him. He's he's fast. He has good pace. He yeah. plays the ball in. He crosses it when it's when it's appropriate. But he doesn't always cross it. It's not necessary to always cross the ball. You can pass the ball into the middle of the field. So I, I feel like Lasseter is nobody's talking about the, the lack or the the empty left side that we now have because Lasseter is no longer there and Robbie Robinson isn't there either. And it's the gaping hole that we have. He tried to fill it in with Duke last game against Orlando. He tried to fill it in with Emerson this game, and it's just not working. We need Lasseter back ASAP. Yeah, I mean, having Lasseter is definitely going to be a, a, a bigger game changer. Uh, he gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of not only in the speed, but then you have the tactical the tacticalness of, of the way that he plays. He's not so uh, jump right into it and try to make a play on your own. I mean... And he's a better crosser. So at least if he does come from the side, he does cross. 
he does cross passes better than than uh, than Emerson does. Emerson kind of rushes the middle sometimes. So shortly after that that blown chance by Emerson, we had uh, what I didn't even realize was a PK until the like I saw the foul, but I didn't realize that it was like at the very corner of the box. Now, not only is it a soft foul because he stuck out his leg, yes, but he barely made contact. The, the player was literally turned his back to the goal. He was on his way back upfield. There was no goal opportunity there. So I, I'm not sure why, one, it wasn't reviewed on VAR. Two, why it was given at all. Like, yes, he made a slight contact. I can't deny that. But come on, that was a clear dive. Yeah, it was a clear dive. I mean, look, maybe he could have caught his toes on the tackle and and – uh, I believe that's Mabika. No, you know what that you was? You, you know what that was? That was the Dwayne Wade. The pump fake. It was the and Dwayne as soon as the, the defender throws out his arm, he goes and he flails because he knows he's going to get that call. As soon as he saw Mabika's giant-sized 18-foot sticking out there, he knew, I'm going to dive because I am in the very corner of the box and I might get this PK call. And he got it. He played it beautifully. If I was a Philadelphia fan, I'd be ecstatic that my guy was that smart to go for that. But as a Miami fan, I am furious that that was called a PK. It is very infuriating, especially to see that they were playing pretty good defensively at that point. Um, it was a competitive game. The teams were kind of feeling each other out. Uh, some attempts from Philly side, some attempts from Miami side. Uh, but this was just a ticky-tacky call. To me, last week's, the last game's ref, to me, even though he was very animated, you could tell he, he was, was letting everybody... But you could tell that he was letting the boys play, right? He came up ah. to him, gave him a stern talking. I think he didn't hand out his first card, I think, until like after the second after the first half. This guy was all over the place with his play calling. He wasn't being, being flexible and letting them play. Um, he was calling a lot of ticky-tacky stuff, you know? I mean, and you know what? And Neville, at least from what I've seen, doesn't usually call out the refs too much. But he straight out said that wasn't a penalty kick. And he asked the media members, did any of you think it was a penalty kick? Now, I highly doubt any of them would have answered honestly. Of course. Maybe they would. But nobody said it because this wasn't a penalty kick. It, but it, it ended up being a big change in the game, obviously, because it ended up being a one-goal differential. Yes. it would. That's the difference between walking away with one point. And, and you know what? It's not even that. It's about... Uh, what kind of uh, demeanor your team's in after already seceding a goal, you know? For sure. If For that sure. would have never been behind. Yeah, if that would have never occurred, then people would have played with more confidence, which I guess, you know, leads me over to now where we have the, you know, the play with, uh, with Duke, where we're watching it right now. We're looking at a play uh, around the 40th minute and – Duke has a huge opportunity uh, right there inside the box, uh, and and he squandered it. He squandered it. Because it looks like he he, he hesitated. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it it wasn't a clean first touch, and he hesitated. He gave the defender enough of a chance to 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 catch up to him. But that's when you need that second finisher. Campana, he would get a shot off. Would he score? I don't know, but he'd get a shot off. You know who else would get a shot off? Your boy Iguain. Iguain of course, yeah, would no, get a shot off Whether it's a good shot, a bad shot, a shot on goal, over the goal post, to the left, it doesn't matter. He would get a shot off. Bryce Duke 
is not a finisher. I love Bryce Duke in the midfield. But in that final third, he doesn't have it yet. I'm hoping he does eventually get it. But as of right now, he cannot finish. I think I think that he will. And, I mean, if we look at the remainder of this play, uh, I, I believe Emerson ends up kicking a, a pass over to, uh, to Campana. And immediately as it comes his way, he takes a shot without That's hesitation. It. So no, they... But- they mm-hmm. still had the opportunity to score on this, but look at this. I mean, we're talking about Bryce Duke had a golden opportunity here. And because mm-hmm. of his hesitation, because he doesn't feel confident, or I, I imagine that he doesn't feel confident just Could you yet. go back a second? Uh-huh. Sure, sure. All right. Now, a lot of people have been saying that if that Mabika foul was a penalty kick, this should have been a penalty kick. Because he went, and I, th- I think... We were sitting right in front of that, right? Our, our yeah. seats are right in front of that goal. It looked like he clipped his leg. Now, from this camera view, it's kind of hard to see. But we don't have the benefit of replay live. We only have what the highlights gave us. It looked to me like that should have been given. If you're going to call it that ticky-tack on one side of the field, you got to give it to us on the other side of the field. I mean, it, do- it does look like they made a lot of contact to the ball. But again, it's like you said, if this guy's going to call this ticky-tack kind of play – you already called the penalty at the corner of the box. You might as well call it right then and there. I mean, it's not like it's not like it looked super debatable. You're talking about at a moment where the perfect pass was made, uh, an opportunity could have been had, and it looks as if if you're not really paying attention. I mean, plays happen very quickly, where it looks like he could have been fouled on that play. And right here, real quick. Uh... Just to the beginning of that play, Emerson's playing the ball in and he, he passes it to the midfield. Now, I did hear Neville after the game say that he wanted Emerson to play wide. He wanted to stretch out the defense, but Emerson wasn't getting out wide. And uh, although that was a great play, right? Because he found, uh, was it was it Robert Taylor? He found somebody. I forgot who it was. We already took off the video. He found uh, somebody, but well, I found- think it might have been Taylor. But he, he, he started that play with that pass to Robert Taylor, and he Robert Taylor found Duke. Now, that was a good play by Emerson, but for the most part, he was playing very narrow. Yeah. And, and never once his wings out wide. Yeah. Right? So it, it, it's unfortunate that, the, that it happened the way it did. Um, but like you said, we still had another chance. But Campana, even though he didn't score, I'm glad that he got the shot off because at least – he got the shot off because we've been lacking offense, playmaking abilities. Unless it's Campana, nobody's shooting the ball, at least well, not mean, efficiently. Well, I mean, look at this. You know, one of our biggest assets is is having DeAndre Yedlin, who's more of an attacking sort of, I guess, defender. And, A wingback. Yeah, and his speed is just killer, man. So mm-hmm. on this play, we see Yedlin hitting the same sort of line and he does another cross to try to get it into Campana. Campana couldn't get full contact on the header. You know, but that, that's our offense, though. Like that's what's frustrating to me that it's all crosses. We do not play up the middle, and I think that's where Pozuelo is going to come in and maybe change this thing around. Uh, but man, look at this! I feel like you. I know this was the same replay, but I am a hundred percent sure you could find another five or six that look just like that. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely better than what they were doing earlier in the season where they were just kind of, 
kicking the ball up in the air and then just heading it until somebody messes up and opens up a a, a seam. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it seems like it's kind of irresponsible because who who on this play other than Campana is a is an option for an attacking header? Well, yeah, well, Mabika wasn't there. Um, no, none of the Bryce Duke players. is like. Yeah, you're talking I mean, about Emerson, Bryce Duke. He's like five four. Nice, you're five, talking seven, about, which is pretty you, short. Emerson is about five eight, five nine. Yeah, you're right. You know, and and in reality, Campana is really the only threat at that very moment to head the ball in. Everybody knows. Look for Campana. He's a very sneaky and, and, player in the box. And, and if you look at this still image, it seems like everybody also knows to just crowd the box because they're going to go out in the wing and just cross it anyway. Because who's close to, to Yerlin? Nobody really. Yeah. How many black shirts are in that box? Two, four, six. How many pink shirts are in that box? Three. Three. I, I mean, mean, look at look at you this. You got two, I, two men to cover each one. I think I think Emerson made a bad play there. He should have came closer, drag a defender closer to him, so that way at least Campana has the opportunity to maybe get a one on one with a with a with a defender. The reason Neville wants them to play wide is so that they, they can spread out the defense. Yeah. They're they're all in the box because nobody's spreading them out wide. Well, again, th- 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 that feels like the majority of the offense most of the time. Um Either that or the challenge on or your boy right here, Mota. Mota does a great job winning this ball. But that was incredible. Man, that was great defense. But man, was that rushed. And let me tell you something. When he first signed, I heard a lot about his, his leg strength, right? That he could score from outside the box. He's yet to score from outside the box, but he's taken plenty of shots from outside the box. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. I mean, but, but look at this play. Look at this play develop. He steals. He plays incredible defense to get the ball. And mm-hmm. then once he obtains the ball, I mean, I'm just going to pause it real quick just to see right there before the shot was taken. As he advances the ball, he has... He has Campana to the right. Yeah, he has Campana to the right. He has, I believe, Gregory right there in the middle. Um, he has Duke on his left. He has Emerson very close to him. If he... I, maybe a play could have been made out of this. He 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 caught the defense's pants down at this point. I think that might be why he took the shot though, because he felt like maybe the goalie was off the line. But ah, uh, could be, could be. But but still, man, like, and I feel like it's lazy. I feel like at some point, maybe some of the players get frustrated that they don't get enough opportunities, like up the middle. So once they see an opening, they're like, "Hey, yeah, they just take, take it. the shot." They're just yeah. like Campana late in the game. He took a shot from like 40 yards out. And I'm thinking to myself, but why? But then I think, how many opportunities really did he have this game? Outside of the one that we just showed where, where uh, Duke might have gotten fouled and then he got the rebound. I mean, yeah. he didn't have too many opportunities. So I guess it's it's like I got to take it now because I haven't had any other chances. But I, I mean, it's frustrating to watch, especially when I listen to the to the interviews that Phil Neville has. You know, one of the big things that he always emphasizes on is the extra pass, that final touch, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and and I see it. I see it right here. You know, could that extra pass have been made in order to open it up and maybe find an opportunity to get an easy an easy point? You know, Uh, he has so there's so many people that are along there with with Jean Mota that 
a play could have been made. Something definitely could have conspired from this, not just uh, an outside-of-the-box shot, you know? So, obviously, poor offense. I mean, it's been something we've been preaching for just about ever. Uh, before we keep going into the game, I guess I might as well pull this up. We are dead last. Well, we're tied for dead last in goals. It's 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 incredible. We have 19 goals all season. We've played more than 19 games. Yeah, it's uh, no no offensive threat. I mean, other than Campana and Campana, to be honest, has has been lightning in a bottle for this team. Uh, to me, but, really but, unexpected. I mean, I'm not a big soccer fan, but. Well, yes, yeah, go ahead. yes. Chris is Chris is just starting to get soccer, so yes, he's not a huge. But Campana wasn't on anybody's radar. We knew, we heard about him, but you know, he he surprised everybody with how good he's been. But you can't just count on him on a on a soccer team that has eleven players. Now yeah, we do need sure. a second I... option. We do need a second option, and you've been, I will give you all the credit in the world. You've been preaching that you got to give this guy a chance. So at some point we gave up another goal on a on a set piece on a free kick header, and then 80th minute, your boy finally came through. So we got Iguain, which I mean, I I've been one of the people that has said I do not want Iguain to get anywhere near this field. I've said it. Just, I said it last episode. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But I mean, after watching the offensive or lack thereof offense, and then seeing him make this shot, I mean, maybe I should change my tune. I mean, you just, you can't deny that he has the skill. You can't. There's no, no. way, you know, he he is, he on this play is showing you who he is. And, you know, in, in the last show, I think I mentioned, I think I mentioned in the last show that I think it'd be great to have him sort of as a center, as a center you know, midfielder, um, maybe an attacking midfielder. And essentially that was the position that he was playing in this game because uh, Campana was still in the game. He was still playing up up, up top. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I mean, he... I... yeah no, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say that um, that he, he does. I mean, he played – look, he he has nice touches. That, that I mean, I can't deny it. And he is a finisher. I mean, you don't play for the top teams in Europe if you can't finish. It's just his body language and his his stamina to me, I felt like he's done. But at this point, do I rather have a done Iguain or Bryce Duke being the one that's receiving those balls inside the box? I that mean, is, let me tell you, my, that's a good, good approach. So if those are my options, I, I mean, I guess I have to go with Iguain as much as it hurts me to say because I have been – one of his biggest haters since he's gotten to this team. It's gotten to a point where we have no other option. So if I have to choose between Bryce Duke receiving a ball inside the box with a chance to finish and Iguain, I'm going to have to get Iguain just for the simple fact that I think Iguain at least will get a shot off. Well, and it's not only about the shot off, but you're talking about it's it more than likely will be a quality shot. So even mm-hmm. even his non-quality shots might be better than the shots that Bryce Duke are, are, are is putting up. Um, right. When it comes to Iguain, it's it's sort of a love hate thing that I see as far as in the fandom is concerned. But I, you know, the the interesting question to me is, I wonder how interested he would be 
in playing a position like a center attacking midfielder. Um, Is Phil Neville willing to have multiple strikers up front? Uh, You know, those are the interesting questions to me. Well, I'm interested, and we we didn't get to see Pozuelo introduced during halftime because we were waking our way from our section over to the supporter section at halftime. But I think once Pozuelo comes in, he is the guy that's going to be pulling the strings, right? He's going to be the center of that attacking uh, uh, attack, basically. So he's going to be finding Campana in the box. So maybe when Pozuelo comes in, maybe it's not a bad idea to have those two strikers and try to stop playing up the wings as much. Because if you have two capable strikers in the box and you have Pozuelo who has proven in Atlanta, I'm sorry, not Atlanta, in Toronto, that he can lead the league in assists or that he can find the guy or he can finish himself, I mean, maybe this is a new strategy. Now, do I think Neville's going to change uh, tactics in the middle of the year? Maybe not. But I, I think it's interesting to consider. Maybe it'll be something, a late game substitution. Uh, maybe Higuain comes in and plays with Campana. A, a lot of options once Fosuelos uh, becomes available. I think at this point, I think at this point, I think Phil Neville has not many choices left. You know, we're at a point where we're at a huge disadvantage with with having the least amount of goals. We're mm-hmm. also a team that we need points. We need points, we uh, need you know, for the record. We need to score goals. We need to put you know, the ball in the back of the net. And with that said, let me just put on what Phil Neville said after the game about Ewain. I think I think this team is crying out for goals. And uh, that's his third of the season now. If we can get Gonzalo up to eight to ten goals from now to the end of the season, then we're going to be close to the playoffs. Now, let me tell you, Iguain has three goals. We have about 15 games left. If he's saying that he wants to get Iguain from three goals to 10 goals, which is seven goals, in 15 games, I am starting to think we are going to be seeing a lot more of Iguain in the starting lineup if he's saying yeah. that he wants to get him from three goals to 10 goals because Iguain at this point has three goals all season. And it's not like he's only played five games. So he's been coming in as a sub late. But I do think that there's a good chance that we see a lot more of Iguain with Campana. Right, I, I think we're going to be seeing both of them because those are our only finishers. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do definitely see that happening. I I wonder in what space he's going to be putting uh, Iguain in. I I'd love to uh, after this show, I'm going to take some time and watch some highlights of Toronto, and just to see what kind of a setup Toronto had in regards to their starting lineup to see, you know, was Pozuelo playing with two strikers. Was he playing with one striker? You know, that makes a big difference in in how he's going to play with us. Because if we do have one striker and he is the center attacking midfielder, I mean, is is Phil Neville expecting him to also put the ball in the back of the net? Well, so far this season, he played 16 games for Toronto. He had four goals and four assists. So, I mean... That's a goal every four games. He can he can score. He, I mean, that's more than anybody else on our team has outside of Campana. Yeah. So yeah, outside I think of Campana, we're, gonna be, but... we're gonna be counting on him to to find players and also to finish himself. We're definitely gonna be counting heavy on Pozuelo. And I hope it's not too much for him because once he comes in, everybody I honestly feel like a lot of Inter Miami fans are looking at him almost like a savior. 
I mean, I think that they're looking him definitely. They're looking at him definitely as a savior. But at the same time, look, I mean, the team has potential without him. I I I 100% agree that it's going to be a lot better with him. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to see how it's going to manifest with the people around him. You know, Bryce Duke is definitely going to be taking a back seat. Um, you're talking about uh, players like Lasseter. You know, he's going to be competing for time with uh, what's this guy with Coco. Um, you got Robbie Robinson, who's uh, out. Indiana Vasilev. John. Yeah, uh, Indiana Vasilev was on the bench last, you know, last game. Emerson, he's going to be on pretty soon. Um, and, and I feel like his sort of punch is better left at the end of the game anyways. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how that happens. I mean, even in the last game, I was looking at some of the stats. We had 58% of the ball possession in the last game. Um, and, and, and that's, that's something that to me, it, it shows that there's definitely a possibility of making the right passes. We just need to be able to make the right passes and hopefully Pozuelo will be a part of that well we played well now before i get into the next game here are the standings now we're playing against charlotte big game big game because they're holding the seventh seed so because they're holding the seventh seed we desperately need this game we already lost to them once this year uh we lost one zero back in may uh, i believe it was may 7th so we need this game to make up ground because at this point we we were at least I was talking big time because we had two games in hand, right? We had played two games less than a lot of these teams. We are now almost at the same with most of these teams, but we're still behind. If we were to win, we would get, what, 25 points? Charlotte's in seventh or 26. So we definitely need to beat them to keep them at 26 and get up to 25. But we still got a long way to go. Luckily, the season is still far from over. But what are you thinking this starting lineup is going to look like on Saturday? I mean, when it comes to the starting lineup, I'm I I'm pretty sure if Lasseter is back, I feel like Lasseter is going to be starting. I feel like Duke is probably going to have to take a back seat. Um, Let me see if you know. I'm gonna as you as you as you keep going, I'm gonna look to see if I have any news on Lasseter. Yeah, I mean Lasseter, if if he's going to come back for sure, he's going to start. Um, you got Emerson. I feel like he's going to the bench. Uh, you know, hashtag super bonehead. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I, I would like to repeat that our, our third co-host, Ben, really wanted to emphasize that super bonehead for Emerson because he was really frustrated watching that game. He was really upset that he has to he's, – he's, you know, doing his thing with his nursing program, but he really wanted to be on here to really give it to Emerson. So shout out to him one more time. I wanted to make sure I, I emphasize the super bonehead for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, and you're gonna get the super boneheaded plays from this from this kid. Your whole what I'm hoping for as an invested fan is that these super boneheaded plays that are happening are sort of lessons where he could learn from it, and then a year or two from now, really, really be uh, a, a star with the with the team. That's that's what I'm hopeful for. Uh, yeah. Aside from that, that also. But- I was going to say, yeah, I don't, I don't see him that, on this team pass this year. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't think he's going to make it past this year, Emerson Rodriguez? No. If, if he doesn't pick it up, I don't see him coming back next year. Not at all. Ooh. That's a that's a bold take there. I mean, I, I would have expected 
expected him to be on this team for the next two, three years at least, as far as like development is concerned. Well, again, um, like we said, episode one, and I guess we'll keep reiterating. Chris is relatively new to to soccer, right? He's jumped head first, though, right? Season ticket yeah. holder. It's it's been really fun, and he's really loving it. And then Ben is more yes. or less new to to, to MLS, right? Because he watches European soccer. He's new to MLS. Now, MLS is kind of weird because it's a lot of moving parts, right? This team alone got, oh, man, how many new signings? Was it 12? or oh, Man, I'm, I'm tempted to say 18, but I think 18 might be too much. But we had more than 12 new signings just this past offseason. There's this moving parts. If you're, not, if you're not making it happen, Captain, you got to bounce. So I, I do not see Emerson back here next year unless he picks up the pace. Now, what were you saying? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. I mean, I don't see for sure, at least if we're talking about just next game, I don't see Emerson starting. Um, I don't see Duke starting. I see Lasseter coming back if he's, you know, coming back healthy. Um, I also see maybe Indiana Vasilev coming in. Um, you know, he he pushed the pace a little bit when he came into the game. I mean, look, who knows? Maybe we might have, uh, you know, a moment where Lasseter comes on and then taking up the other side might be uh, Iguain. you know? Just like you said, if, if Phil Neville's maybe trying to be more of an attacking presence. We can't put Iguain out of the wing, though. <laughs> I, I mean, look, if he was playing center midfielder, I mean... I don't know, but dude. I, I I mean, see, I, he, he could hold down that center midfield or attacking midfield for sure. I mean, I don't know how he's – like, I've, I thought that he's put forth a lot of effort when he comes in as a late sub. When he yeah. starts, I, I, I don't know if he can – and, again, this isn't a, a, a stamina joke or anything. Just seriously, I, I don't know if he could hold that up for, yeah. for a full game. Uh, I don't know if maybe 60 minutes. So, but I could – maybe. Maybe he could start off at, at, at a central attacking midfield. Maybe – you know, I, I would like to see him and Campana on the field for a large portion of the game just yeah, because I, I don't like see any other attacking options. So, yes, I have made a complete 180. Uh, you know, if you want to say that I'm full of crap, that's fine because I went from <laughs> a, a long rant last episode just literally like two or three days ago about how I never want to see Wayne on the field again. And now I'm here hoping that he's on the starting lineup. So... There you go. But I will admit that I'm wrong because, but not so much that I'm wrong on Iguain, but the fact that this team is just lacking so much firepower that at this point, you know, if it comes with Iguain, so be it. Can I just put something real quick just to, just yeah, go to ahead, go ahead. help you feel a little bit worse? Mm. Just to help you feel a little bit worse. I, I just want to see okay. if I can be able to play, play these beautiful words. Um, yeah. You know, by the broadcast. I mean, I, I would, but it's not allowing me to play it. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I see what you want. Okay. Yeah, when it comes to, I mean, look at this. Fabulous. But again, giving Iguain this much time and space is like showing your neck to Dracula. Yeah, that just those words. I mean, those are beautiful, man. I'm going to miss Roy Hudson. What do you mean you're going to miss him? He's not going to do the games anymore? Uh, Apple TV bought the rights to MLS. So they're going to have kind of like the NFL has where they have just special, like specific broadcasters. Not going to be local anymore. It's going to be national almost. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to have those local um, 
broadcasters anymore. At least that's my understanding of it. We're not gonna have those uh, local okay. broadcasts anymore, and that is that is just so painful to know because Roy Hudson is he's just magisterial, as he would say. Yeah, no, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal play by. Well, he's not the play by play. He's a he's the color, color he's commentator. Color. He's phenomenal yeah. at his job. Yes, he's the color yeah, commentator. Sure. He's phenomenal. I mean, right, well, look, I look forward to the game. I look forward to the game. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. Um, I hope that it's going to be like five goals to one. That's what I'm hoping for. I would also love that. I don't know if, if that's what we're going to get. I put up this graphic again for the best defenses in the league. And as you can see, Charlotte has allowed only 24 goals all year, which is a little over one per game. Um, do I think that they are world beaters? No, but they are a very good team. So this is definitely not going to be a it's like not a pushover, but we are a great home team. That was the first loss since I think I want to say April 3rd or so. It had been over 100 days since we had lost at home. So I do think we'll get back to getting points. Will it be a draw or a win? I'm I'm leaning towards win just because we're such a good home team. I think that Iguain and Campana will see the field at the same time this year, uh, this Saturday, which I'm looking forward to. I think that I'm going to put it out there. I think Iguain and Campana both score. I think oh, they both man. score on Saturday, and we went two to zero. And they're actually a terrible road team. Also, they're one seven and two. Oh, on the road. Yes, they are. Thank yep. you. No, hard hitting facts here, sir. Hard hitting facts. <laughs> well, I'm going. 2-0 with Campana and Higuain both hitting the back of the net. Uh, and we are going to start the next episode with that clip so that I can prove to everybody that I was correct because I, I, I am now feeling it in my heart that I'm going to be 100% correct on that one. I think you're right. But since I predicted five goals, I think the other three goals are going to be coming from Emerson. <laughs> Emerson's <laughs> not going to see the field. If Lassard is back, Emerson is not seeing the field on Saturday. <laughs> I predict three goals from Emerson. Put it in the books. All right. Well, let's put this episode in the books. It was a pleasure again, Chris. Hopefully on yes, when, whenever we do this next episode, episode number five, it'll be coming after a win. Hopefully Ben's back with us so he can go and either shit on Emerson or he can admit that he was wrong about Iguain just like I had to do today. But we'll give you the credit, Chris, because you've been on that Iguain. Maybe it's because you look like him, but you've been on that Iguain train for – for the whole season so i gotta give you that well i can't wait for the next one hopefully it's after a win that's for sure all right well battered herons signing out peace <laughs>